This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to episode 65 of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is week two of our two-part series of who wore it best in Penguins history. Last week, we gave you numbers 1 to 35, and this week, we will be giving you numbers 36 to 99. So that is coming up a bit later, but before that, of course, we have some league news to get to. But let's start it off with the same thing we like to start every show off with. We have a merch site, tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. If you like our amazing logo design, go check that out on, like I said, tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. You can get your t-shirts, get your sweatshirts, get your coffee mugs, get your sleeveless shirts, uh, tank tops, excuse me, all for a great price there. Once more, it is tipoftheiceberg.whatforapparel.com. So let's get into some hockey talk before we head to that who wore it best segment. Like I said, numbers 36 to 99 coming up today. The first thing that happened this past week in the NHL was the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2020 was unveiled. A big congratulations go out to Jerome Aginla, who was a first ballot selection. Marion Hossa, also a first ballot selection. Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, Canadian women's goaltender Kim St. Pierre, as well as Ken Holland, who will be inducted into the Builders. Like we mentioned, it was Ginla and Hosa, as we, we posted on Twitter a couple of nights ago, that they are the two former quote unquote Pittsburgh Penguins that were going to be inducted this season. Of course, Jerome Ginla played only 28 games with the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 2012 13 season. He was traded from Calgary for Kenneth Agostino, Ben Hanowski, and a 2013 first-round pick that ended up being Morgan Klimchuk. So not really giving up too much in the way of assets to get Jerome Aginla to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it was a really fun postseason with him. Of course, the Penguins going all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals before being defeated by the Boston Bruins in a four-game sweep. But if you look at the rest of his career, he had 1,554 games played, 625 goals, 1,300 points on the nose. He was a four-time NHL All-Star, Messier Award winner, two-time Rocket Richard winner, King Clancy Award winner. In 2001-2002, he won both the Lester B. Pearson Award and the Art Ross Trophy. So a very storied career for Jerome Aginla. And I think for everybody that was waiting for this announcement, kind of expected Aginla that he was going to make it first ballot Hall of Famer. If not first ballot, at some point, we knew he was going to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Marion Hossa, like we mentioned earlier, is the other quote-unquote former Pittsburgh Penguin. He played a couple more games than Aginla in Pittsburgh. He played 32 games with the Penguins in the 2007-2008 season. Of course, everybody remembers that as the season the Pittsburgh Penguins went to the Stanley Cup Finals, but were defeated by the Detroit Red Wings. Hossa was acquired by the Penguins in the 2008 trade that sent Colby Armstrong Eric Christensen, Angelo Esposito, and a 2008 first-round pick to the Atlanta Thrashers. And what some people always forget is a throw-in in that Hosa deal was Pascal Dupuy. The Pittsburgh Penguins got Pascal Dupuy, who ended up being the better part of the trade, in my opinion, for Marion Hosa. 
in those 32 games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Hosa scored 15 goals, 36 points, but over his career, he had over 1,300 games played, 525 goals, over 1,100 points. He was an NHL All-Star once, and he was also a three-time Stanley Cup champion. Of course, all of those being with the Chicago Blackhawks. Congratulations to everybody who will be inducted into the 2020 class. Something else happened last week. Pittsburgh dropped out from the hub city running. Pittsburgh will not be one of the final hub cities. Only five cities remain at this point, and it seems as if Vegas is pretty much a lock. The other four cities that could possibly be a hub city for the NHL's return, Los Angeles, Chicago, Edmonton, and Toronto. So it'll be interesting to see. We mentioned a couple weeks ago that we didn't expect it to be one city in the United States, one city in Canada. But the more I look at this list of five, Vegas seems to be a lock. But Los Angeles and Chicago, very big metro areas. I get that they're probably, from a television standpoint, better cities than Pittsburgh or Dallas to host this. And it's easier to display on television. But at the same time, you have to look at the way that COVID has affected both Los Angeles and Chicago. And you have to say it might lean towards an Edmonton and Toronto. And if that is the case, let's hope that the border dispute between the United States and Canada over COVID-19 gets settled sooner rather than later because otherwise that'll make it very very difficult for these teams to travel whenever they do decide to travel and make it into one final hub city later during the playoffs so like i said five hub cities remain vegas probably going to be one of them if i had to guess i would say edmonton might be the second one that's who i would be going with and then of course the big news of the week was the nhl draft lottery last friday did anybody expect anything less than craziness I mean, when they introduced this concept of a two-phase NHL draft lottery, did anybody, I should say, actually look at this and say, well, this is going to go off without a hitch. This is going to go off without something weird happening. And of course, the craziest thing possible could happen. The number one overall pick will end up going to one of the eight play-in round losers. Every one of those eight teams will have a 12.5% chance of getting the first overall pick and presumably Alexis Lafreniere. So that is a very big cornerstone piece that could be going to a team that loses in the first round. It could be going to a team that's high in the standings. You never know. Could be an upset, and they could end up getting that. Let's run down the list of where the rest of the draft picks fell. The Los Angeles Kings moved up to number two, possibly getting Tim Stetzel. So that's a good move for them. Ottawa's pick from San Jose is third. Detroit goes down to number four. I'll talk about that in a little bit. That is just tragic, to be completely honest. Ottawa gets their second selection at number five. Then Anaheim, New Jersey, and Buffalo round out the beginning eight. A couple things came out of, of this draft lottery that happened on Friday. First and foremost, I got several several messages, and some of them were being facetious, and some of them I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I hope they're being facetious, but they said, maybe the Penguins shouldn't win against Montreal in their play-in round. And, and maybe they should lose and hope that their 12.5% chance gets them Alexi Lafreniere. Boom, automatically your window is just slammed wide open for the next decade. First of all, to the people that sent me that, if you're being facetious, you're hilarious. And I know I posted something on the tip of the iceberg Twitter page that kind of leads to, to that. But if you are not being facetious and you think the Pittsburgh Penguins should quote-unquote tank the first round against Montreal and get an opportunity at the number one overall pick. You're kind of crazy. 
there's no chance that any Pittsburgh Penguins fan should be looking at this and saying, maybe they should tank to try to get the number one overall pick. You have two stars, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. To do anything less than go for it all, especially when these guys are, what, 32 and 33 years old respectively, to do anything less than go for it all would be just a gross misuse of their talent. So if you're hoping that they lose to possibly get the first overall pick, I'm questioning your loyalty to this fan base and to this team because the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially this year, a lot of people say maybe they're a middling team. Who knows? They finished seventh in the NHL in points at the time of the pause. That's not an I think. That is an I know. And I think that they have a run in them this year. I don't think Montreal is going to be able to come close to them, and we're going to, of course, really start hammering down on the previews for that series here in the coming month as we lead up to Game 1. But I don't think they're going to lose to Montreal. They shouldn't lose to Montreal. And I think that they have a really good shot at making a run for the fourth Stanley Cup in the Sidney Crosby of Genny Malkin era. So I, I don't think that they should, and I don't think that they will get the first overall pick. Like I said, if you lose, you get a chance at it. Handle what is in your control. Go out there, win games, try to hoist the Stanley Cup in 2020, the COVID Cup, if you will. So that's one thing on the draft lottery that a lot of Penguins fans, whether it's facetious or not, let's not joke about them potentially losing to the Montreal Canadiens because it shouldn't happen. They should go out there. They should stomp the Montreal Canadiens right on their way to the actual first round of the playoffs and another consecutive playoff streak being intact, all of that. That's what they should do, and I that's what I believe they're going to do. But let's talk about a team that knows where they're going to be picking in the 2020 NHL draft. That's Detroit. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because, I mean, it's a Pittsburgh Penguins podcast, So uh, and we should get to the who wore it best segment that is going to round out this episode. But the Detroit Red Wings got screwed. I know a lot of the teams since this draft lottery has been instilled a lot of the teams that finished last have not gotten the first pick but if there was ever a team that deserved and needed alexi lafreniere this year it was the detroit red wings that was the consolation for their 275 point percentage one of the worst if not the worst in nhl history i personally i'm not a big fan of the detroit red wings but i i am someone that believes that all of the original six teams in the NHL need to be good for the NHL to be successful. And Detroit is, of course, one of the original six teams. So I wanted to see Alexi Lafreniere go to the Red Wings. I wanted to see him bring his talent to Detroit. And I wanted to see a resurgence in the Red Wings organization. Now, like I said earlier, they're going to get the fourth overall pick. I'm sure whoever is there, whether it's Byfield, whoever's there, is going to be really good. But there's a chance that he's probably not going to be as good as Lafreniere. So they, they, they got completely screwed out of the first overall pick. They were so historically bad this season. All season, I was like, well, hopefully they'll get Lafreniere. Hopefully they'll get Lafreniere. And now as we see, nobody that finished in the bottom eight is going to get Alexi Lafreniere. The Pittsburgh Penguins? Yeah, they have a chance. Should they? No, they should not. It should not happen. Will he go to Montreal? If the Penguins beat the Montreal Canadiens, maybe. Will he go to Chicago? If Chicago can't beat Edmonton, who knows? It's going to be something that the NHL wanted. The NHL wanted eyes on a Phase 2 of the NHL draft lottery, and that's what they're going to get. And they also wanted eyes on that play-in round, 
and that's what they're going to get now because the losers will get this once-in-a-generation talent as he's being touted. We'll see how that pans out next season, but it is definitely something that I'm going to have my eyes on, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are going to have your eyes on. So I think it's about time. We're about 12 minutes in here. It's about time we send it over to our Who Wore It Best segment, the best Pittsburgh Penguin to wear each jersey number, starting at 36 this week, going to 99. If you want to hear numbers 1 through 35, go back and listen to last week's episode, episode 64 of The Tip of the Iceberg. But I hope you guys enjoy episode 65's Who Wore It Best, numbers 36 to 99. This episode of The Tip of the Iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Featuring advanced skin-safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut-free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. We are currently at number 36 and I'm going to start it off with the guy that is the reason that I wore that very same number for a couple seasons in high school. That'd be UC Jokinen. Ooh, I like that choice. Juicy the, J. The Juicy J. The greatest shootout specialist that I think the Penguins have had in a long time, if ever. Uh, I'd throw Eric Christensen into that list, but that's just me. Yeah, and we also have to remember Brian Rust. That was his first NHL number. <laughs> have to. My um, Juicy J, or UC Jokinen, maybe I should call him by his name. Great choice. I do want to throw in Matthew Barnaby because yeah. you cannot forget Matthew Barnaby's time in Pittsburgh. How fun would that have been to relive? <laughs> yeah, you're you're hundred percent correct. And I mean, right after Matthew Barnaby was Tom Kostopoulos. So Yeah. Another fun choice. Yeah. Thirty seven. I mean, do I even have to ask? Yes, you do, because I'm curious who you're gonna say. Oh, it's Mr. Game One, baby. Ah, His name is Jeff, Jeff Zadkoff. Jeff Zadkoff. The best number 37. Jeff Zadkoff is a very fun choice. I like picking around Carter Rowney. He was a very important piece to the 17 Stanley Cup. But I got to go with Yarko Rutu. I have to. I don't know why. He was another guy who would shock you in a shootout, though. I, I remember him being shockingly good at those. For the very few times he was allowed to go out. Exactly. I think he was in the top three at one point in our selection, but you know, I like those. I like Zach Goff. I like Brownie, but I'm going to stick Yarko Rue to, um, he also had a brother Tuomo who I forget what he was. was absolutely better, but yeah. Um, it's nice having the brothers of great hockey players like Randy Robitaille. Two people that have the same name, but are not related at all. Which Herdina are you taking? Yuri Herdina or Jan Herdina for number 38? Ooh, for number 38. 
damn. You know what? It's got to be uh, Yawn just because he played longer. And and he was better. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yuri did his job. But Yawn or Dina is definitely more known around Pittsburgh as the 38 in those late 90s, early 2000 years. Some mm-hmm. fun years. Other 38s, though. I mean, Zach Sill? hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not in the league anymore, I wouldn't think, right? No. I, well, take a look. I don't believe so. Yeah, while you're doing that, I will say my number 39, it is David Perron. Very short stint as number 39, as he was later number 57 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But you know what? He's a Stanley Cup champion now. And to me, he's the best available at number 39. Yeah, uh, Zach Sill's stats stop at 16, so. Yeah, he's not in the league. Yeah. But we move on, 39. I like the David Perron choice as well because it's a short list here. Only two names have worn it more than, for more than a season. But uh, David Perron would be my choice as well because that's a fun number that he had, even though he is known as a 57. Yeah, I'm not sure why he was number 39 when that happened. I don't know if number 57 was taken at that point. I but... believe it was, and I will, when we get oh, to it. it yeah, it was. Oh. Sorry, I looked at it. Sorry. You're, you're good. I mean, We'll get to just, it. <laughs> one more 39 just because it's a fun name to say. Luca Caputi. All right, number 40. <laughs> I will actually mention Caputi here in a little bit as well. Number 40, and oh, yeah. as much as I I know Frank Angelo more as a Pittsburgh Penguin than I know my choice, but as far as overall career, Patrick Laleem had a better career than Frankie Angelo. Absolutely. So I got to go, go with Laleem. Exactly 200 victories on his career. Yeah, but when it comes to just Penguins wearing that number, Angelo with the save will – that seeing that 40 sprawled across the crease is what it is all about. That'd be my choice. Obviously, the last person to wear it, Oscar Sunquist, who now is Stanley Cup champion. Exactly. Now is Stanley Cup champion. He won with us too, technically. Dave's not on it. Yeah, but it's two time Stanley Cup champion. Now, number 41, uh, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me. I wear number 41. Mm-hmm. Better than all these people. <laughs> You're better than Jocelyn Tebow? Okay, maybe not him. Career wise, definitely not. <laughs> but um, Jocelyn Tebow, I believe, would be my choice. Man, does that hurt to say because Daniel Sprong was supposed to be so good. Yeah, but he wasn't. But he wasn't. He will um, be with the Capitals in like two years. Yeah, probably. Who's your choice at 41? Bortuzzo? Robert Bortuzzo. How There's did you know? Because, look at this list. There's five people on it. Six. Okay, well, that's fair, but I could have taken Jocelyn Tebow. Uh, that's fair. I mean, Tebow's <laughs> more of a career guy. It's And another trivia, who was in net during Crosby's first shootout? Now 42. Uh, wow, it's getting it's getting slim pickings here. Yeah, once you get into the 40s, it's whenever you don't have much to go off of. I went with Dustin Jeffrey. Me too. It's Dylan Reese, Corey Potter, Nick Johnson. I don't even remember those names, and they're all in the 2010s. Then Dustin Jeffrey, 2009. But yeah. the fames, number 43. There's really only one choice here as well. I think it's Connor Sherry, and I think – not only because of what he did do, but what he's going to do. I think he'll come back and he'll be really good for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And also uh-huh. because there's not really many other players to pick from. I mean, Philippe Boucher is the Stanley Cup champion. Scotty Wilson's still in the league, but no. Connor Sherry is the best number 43. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, 44. Uh, this one is a easy one as well. 44, you look at Brooks, Jay, I don't know his middle name, Orpic. <laughs> He's, he's as American as it gets, so it's probably Jonathan. Yeah. But, yes, Brooks Orpik is the, is the go-to. Robbie Brown was a close second, especially mm-hmm. after that 100-point season and the fact that he dated Alyssa Milano for a long time. So, <laughs> Brooks Orpik still gets it, though. He, he played 11 years in Pittsburgh. He played 16 years total. 
09 Cup champion, 2018 Cup champion mm-hmm. with the Washington Capitals. But we don't need to keep talking about that. One of the best, you know, one of the better defensemen in Penguin history. Never, yeah. Don't forget his heroics in 2013 playoffs, game mm-hmm. six against the Islanders. What a friggin' goal that was. See, when I think of Brooks Orpik, I more think of the finals. That what the shift, the shift, uh-huh. oh, where yeah. he had three bone crushing hits against the Detroit Red Wings. So obviously, we grew up watching Brooks Orpik, loving watching him play. One of the most physical defensemen of the 2000s and the 2010s as well. So Brooks Orpik does get the 4 4. Speaking of physical, 45. Oof. Double A, Aaron Asham. Aaron Asham. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I just always remember the line brawl with the Philadelphia Flyers in 2012. Mm-hmm. Aaron Ashton having a flyer on each fist, just uppercutting away and winning the fight. I don't know if they were fighting him back necessarily. I think they were just kind of pushing him away, but he wasn't having any of it. He kept punching away and he was knocking the daylights out of two flyers, one on each hand. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty easy choice. Aaron Ashton, just to flip through some other names, there's Josh Archibald (laughs) and Rob Scuderi for a time. Looks like, yeah. V45 is Aaron Ashton in Pittsburgh. Going on to 46, again, like we mentioned, this list is getting short. If you're listening along, it's weird I'm saying this this late, but uh, pull the names up yourself and argue along because <laughs> 46, um, currently Zach Aston Reese, before him was Dominic Err, Ewer, I don't remember Dominic him playing. Ewer, okay. Yeah, I played with him on NHL all the time. That makes sense. <laughs> and there's Joe Vitale, who I believe is a – Give me my choice for now. Get, come back to this in a couple of years. Maybe I'll say Aston Reese, but for now it's Joe Vitale. I love Joe Vitale, but I do go with Zach Aston Reese. Right. It's a good 46. I mean, 46 is a hard one too because it's so short. Yeah. Um, from here on out, basically, they're all short. It's all either a two, three, four, five, or just one, which yeah. those ones will be also right. detailed another point. Yeah. Number 47. <laughs> you know how little I think of Simone Dupre as a player? Adam Johnson is better than Simone Dupre. That's incredible. <laughs> Simone Dupre is my choice for 47 because he's the only one I can think of off the top who wore that number. This says Tom Sestito, but I don't ever remember Tom Sestito wearing 47. I don't but, remember Tom – well, I remember Tom Sestito. I didn't like him as a Pittsburgh Penguin. But <laughs> I'm going to stick with Adam Johnson because Simone Dupre was so disappointing in so many different ways that I don't feel like giving him any credit for anything. All right, fair enough. <laughs> Let's get to a fun one. Number 48. Oh, it's... <clears throat> I'm just going to sit back and not say anything. That's okay. Here, let me just pull his hockey card down from my wall here. Um, Tyler Kennedy. <laughs> Number 48. Uh, won, the, won the cup with us in 09. That 08-09 season, he had 15 goals and 20 assists for 35 points and a plus 15. Between the three options we have and one of them I know more is wearing a different number, mm-hmm. I'd say Tyler Kennedy's the easy choice. Am I right? Yeah. He's, he's very much an easy choice. That's why I sat back and let, let you have your glory in Tyler Kennedy. <laughs> now it's my time for some glory for number 49. He played only his rookie season with the Pittsburgh Penguins, but he was so good in that 2014 series in the first round of the playoffs against the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's still bouncing around the league. Let, Somehow, let you somewhere. know He's in Carolina this year. That'd be Gibby, Brian Gibby. Gibbons. <laughs> Brian Gibbons. He was the one I was thinking of back in the Bobby Farnham time because – him and Farnham played very similar eras, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes, Close to him. Close to him, at least. But Brian Gibbons came up and was a house of fire with five goals and 12 assists in 
41 games, but it seemed like he scored all five of those goals in two games. Yeah. Um, and he was a great – he was just a fun piece to have around the team, and he'd be my choice too. Yeah. Now, 50 and 51 are, I, I feel like, pretty easy, and I feel like we don't even have to really talk all that much about it. Number 50 <laughs> is uh, Yusa Rikula, and number 51 to me is Derek Pouliot. Oh, I'm saying Dave Roche. Da- Derek Pouliot was such a damn disappointment. I don't know Dave Roche at all, but I'm making him my choice for 51. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. I don't care. Well, that's fine. So you have Rikula and Roche? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, the next two numbers, again, very quickly, because there's only one person. Yeah. We mentioned we were going to bring him up earlier. That's Rusty Fitzgerald. He played in 1996. Two years with the Penguins, only 25 games played and four points. But, again, the only player to wear number 52. What a the name only player to wear number 53 is the current one. The Teddy Blue. The Tedoris. Really? Has anybody ever said that? His full name, his full legal birth name, it's not on hockey reference but it's um some long european thing okay well his name is teddy bluger yes <laughs> 97 games played so far 32 points and he is probably going to be the pittsburgh penguins fourth line center for the foreseeable future number 54 oh uh, boy slim pickets here <laughs> i went with alexander picard statistically <laughs> he has thomas DePauli beat by 15 games and four points where are his numbers oh my goodness <laughs> All right, I like it. I will take it. Alexander Picard. And now 55. Now we're back to argument time because it is either Sergey Gonchar or Larry Murphy, right? Yes, that is uh that those are the only really the only real options for 55. I'll let you go because I feel like you're going to get in an argument with me. Damn. I just got to pick. Uh Oh, you didn't have one? Come uh, on now. I'm going to go with Larry Murphy. Okay, well that's who I went with too. I mean, okay. he's the Hall of Famer. He played five years in Pittsburgh, which was not even a quarter of his career. He played 21 years in the NHL, but he also had 301 points as a defenseman in 336 games with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's a four-time cup winner, and Sergey Gonchar is great. Don't get me wrong. I love Gonch. He is an all-time great, but Larry Murphy is 100 times better. Not 100, I, maybe 10 times better. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I had him above, I had Larry Murphy above Gonchar in my um, story as well about the top 10 defense, but I had to double check that. So I was being consistent. So yeah, Larry Murphy's the choice there. 56. Holy hell. <laughs> well, Hey, one of them's a hall of famer. That's who I went with. I yep, mean, Sergei Zubov, Eric Tangrady. He was certainly an NHL player, maybe, but Sergei Zubov, he's a hall of famer. So clearly he has Tangrady beat. <laughs> yeah. Now 57, we get back to uh, David Perron, who we had previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. He couldn't wear it at first, though, because of Marcel Gotch. Yes. What a name that was. Panthers legend Marcel Gotch. Yeah. Uh, Currently worn by Anthony Angelo of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but not quite as good as David Perron did in his, what, season and a half that he played here. So Perron, to me, he gets two of them. He gets both 39 and 57. Yeah, that's good. That's good for him. He deserves it Mm -hmm. because those are two very slim picking numbers, and they're fun choices. 58. Chris Letang, be one and only person to wear the number. Correct. 59. Jason Magna. What? (laughs) Of course, it's Jake Gensel, but, um, you know, Jason Magna Ward for his short time here, and he was supposed to be good, right? He he was supposed to be really good. He was was supposed to be Jake Gensel before Jake Gensel was even a thing, I think. So, uh, Gensel so far, and by so far, I mean really early in his career, 243 games played and 200 points. Let's 
not counting any of the amazing playoff numbers that he has and the Stanley Cup championship that he had in 2017. So, yeah, Jake Gensel is the best number 59. Hot take, maybe, maybe by the end of his career, we might be talking about his number being going up in the Raptors. That is a very hot take, and I, it's one I could agree with and see. If we'll have to see how he plays once yes. everybody retires. But, uh, Absolutely. Now, number, now, for number 60, this is so fun because it wouldn't have happened if Casey DeSmith just knew where his passport was. Yep. The best player to ever wear the number 60 in Pittsburgh Penguins history. Has a grand has, total of zero minutes played ever yeah. so far. <laughs> he is dressed for one single game. <laughs> And like you mentioned, the only reason that he dressed for that one single game was because Casey DeSmith misplaced his passport. That's such a fun story. I want to like talk about that long term, but we're already crushing time on this. So moving yeah, on to alarming. 61. 60. Number 61. Yeah, oh, Luca missed. Caputi. Yeah, no, I'm just I, kidding. It's Sergei Plotnikov. Oh, okay. Because this is one where I again went with the uh, choice of who most synonymously wore it and said Sergei Plotnikov. See, I didn't say most synonymously, but while Luca Caputi and Steve Alexi both played more games in the NHL and by more games, I mean, they played a total of four seasons in the NHL. I think Sergei Plotnikov was the best player of all of them. He just didn't get to do it in the NHL and he really never had it. He never really fit with the NHL, but I think skill wise, Sergei Plotnikov was the best player. He just wasn't the best player in the NHL. Right. Number 62. I am wearing his Jersey currently. You take the reins. Yes, I, this, I'm wearing my Carl Hagelin jersey because he is the best, hands down, the best number 62 in Pittsburgh Penguins history. He may be the only number 62 in Pittsburgh Penguins history, but he is the best. Four of yeah. his nine years of his career he spent in Pittsburgh, won two Stanley Cup championships, sealed the deal in 2017 with the probably most hype-empty netter I think I've seen ever. And then, of, of course. course, he was part of the HBK line, and I love the sandwich from Permani. So, Carl Hagelin, number 62. Yeah, and now a fun one. 63, only one person to wear it. Tim Wallace, who wore it for 16 games. He went on to wear number 22, mm-hmm. but in those 16 games as number 63, uh, he had zero goals and two assists. So I want to look this up again real quick because when I looked him up the first time, yes, I am correct. He's the only player in NHL history to have the last name Wallace. Really? Yeah, if you type Wallace into hockey reference, he's the only one that comes up. That's really interesting. Because it's not, it's not a weird name. Like, it's a pretty normal name. But I guess it's just not a hockey name. Wallace. That is how you spell it normally, right? Yes. Yes, that oh, is how, well, you, then that's very that is how you spell Wallace. Well, then that's very weird. <laughs> very weird. There was no number 64, as you mentioned earlier, but number mm-hmm. 65, Ronald Hainsey is uh, my yeah. guy. Absolutely. Because you forget Ben Lovejoy wore 65. He did, but, you know. Ron Hainsey, Hainsey, man. That uh, game, that game five goal in Nashville, huh? Exactly. But uh, we get to sixty six, and uh, um, you know, that's a number. Yeah, there's only one guy that wore it, but was he even that good? Oh, he's the damn franchise, man. <laughs> of course, Mario Beautiful Lemieux. Stuff. Mario Lemieux, number sixty six, the only one to wear it, the only choice, even if he wasn't the only one. His accomplishments in seventeen years. 915 games played, 1,723 points, two-time Stanley Cup champion, two-time Conn Smythe winner, Calder winner, three-time Hart, Masterton, four-time Lester E. Pearson, six-time Art Ross, I'm running out of breath, and also a Hockey Hall of Famer. Yep. Not to mention what he has done as an owner. So, yeah. Number 67. 
67, man. Alex Goligoski, the only one to wear it. You got stats on that? Uh, he's, he played he Ward won- for three games. Yeah. He wore it for three games. He wore it for three games. It is one of his three numbers that he wore as a Pittsburgh Penguin. He's still yeah. in the NHL playing for the Arizona Coyotes, but he did wear number 67. He was the only one to do it. Mm-hmm. Then there's number 68, which is another choice of the only option, even if he wasn't the only one to wear it, Yarmir Yager. Yep. We know his numbers. We know his accolades. We go into depth on him, you know, on our last episode as well, about retiring his jersey number, 68. So, yes, Yarmir Yager, the only person to ever wear it before him and the only person that will ever wear the number 68 for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Until we sign Josh Osang, and he says, screw it. Yeah. Number 71. Not. Number 71 I, is interesting. We know it's Malkin, clearly. Yes. Yeah. Yeri Slager and Konstantin Koltsov. Hey, Malkin wasn't the only option at a very fun number. Yeah, he, he was not the only option, which with a lot of the star players, they were the only option. But Evgeny Malkin, clearly the best 71 in Pittsburgh Penguins history, probably the best 71 in NHL history. I'd have to make sure of that, but I'm pretty sure he is the best number 71 in NHL history. But number 72, who do you give it to? Because I think I know who you're giving it to because you're trying to go along with the not allowing anybody to <laughs> win twice, but I still I pick mean, Alexei Kovalev. Oh, really? Over Patrick Hornquist? Yes. Ooh, see, that's a hot take, man. Because He's 72 a better numbers. player. Yeah, but wearing the number, man, I'm – that's you know what you have your opinions i get he's a better player but damn it we're talking about numbers okay i mean if you want to do that i think overall i mean i've done a lot of overall career things and that's why i think alexi kovalev overall in his career is better than patrick hornquist not to take anything away from hornquist because he is the biggest if not one of if not the biggest reason that we were so good in those years because he brought something that nobody else brought to the teams but i think alexi kovalev's still better Okay. Well, that's your opinion. <laughs> Number yeah. 73. Uh, man, it, it's sad we have to make this choice. It's sad that we have to say Jack Johnson is the best at anything. The only player to wear number 73 in Penguin history is Jack Johnson. Um, I mean, he wasn't awful this year. Yeah, but he was wearing number three this year. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, no, he was awful as number 73. Yep. Next, 74, Jay McKee. That's a name. One year, 62 games played, and nine points. He was a defenseman, but... He did have a pretty successful career, 10 years in Buffalo. So yeah. can't take too much away from him. Just no. wasn't much as a Pittsburgh Penguin. And then 75. Boy, oh boy. The story. The story. The friendship. It was so short, but it was such a memorable season that Ryan Reeves spent in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so much fun. I miss him. I do. I'm not going to lie. He would have been so much fun to keep around because of – I mean, it's not like he isn't a – it's not like he is just an absolute, you know, liability offensively i mean he's not phenomenal but we know and we know what he's out there for but i mean shit having 48 career goals and 48 career assists i'm not arguing it it's not bad for what he does but clearly when he was here we could find that mike sullivan did not want somebody like ryan reeves in his lineup right well it just didn't fit the system that yeah sullivan wanted to play yeah 76 again only one person uh who it's Richard Park, the only player to ever wear, but we know he wore other numbers in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Quite yes. a few, actually. He is the only number 76, though, and that is why he gets that designation in this one. Moving mm-hmm. to 77, again, only one player. Again, it's a Hall of Famer, and it's Paul Coffey. 
it's a little I'm a little surprised that he's the only one to wear 77. Really? I don't know why. I just feel like 77 is a common number. Like See, but also I thought 88 was a common number and nobody so ever in Penguins history has wore 88. I feel that too. Number 81, Phil Kessel or Satan. Those are your only two options. Yeah, it's either Phil Kessel or Miroslav Shatan. But uh clearly Phil Kessel was yep the option here because he was somebody that put up massive numbers he was really good and of course let's not forget he was a masterton winner in 2007 so number 81 phil kessel and then we have a lot more of only ones left throughout the rest of it only one more number was worn by more than one person but let's keep it going right here with number Mm -hmm. 82 martin straka from 1993 to 2004 i believe the he he only played for the nope i'm wrong he played five years somewhere else he played 10 of his 15 years in pittsburgh yeah had a nice long career. Uh, very underrated player. One of the most underrated of all time. You can make arguments that Martin Straka could be on an all-time Penguins list, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely somebody that is forgotten about a lot because he played on a lot of those teams that were pretty forgettable for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But he put together a pretty good career. 560 games played, 442 points as a Pittsburgh Penguin. He was only 46 games played shy of that 1,000 career mark after his 15th season, but he didn't get there but he's still one of the best players in Penguins history, if you ask anybody that knows anything. But yeah. somebody who wasn't one of the best players in Penguins history, number 85, Peter, I think it's Klima. I think it's Klima, Klima, too. Fun fact, he, for number 85, was given the best number 85 in NHL history by those NHL videos I referred to for before. Yeah, uh, he must not have. I mean, he won the, the Cup in 1990. But with the Pittsburgh Penguins, he played a total of nine games not yeah. one single goal and Hell four yeah. total points. Hell yeah. What a legend. <laughs> I want to find a Peter Klima Penguin jersey now. Got to. Oh, geez. Let's move on to a jersey that everybody has. 87. Yep. Not too many people have worn the number in the NHL, but we know Crosby is probably the best one ever. Easily the best one ever, I would have yeah. to say. So Sidney Crosby, of course, you know, 15 years. He's not done yet, but Ooh. his list, laundry list of accolades, 15 years, Almost at that 1,000-game mark, way over the 1,000-point mark. Three Cups, two-time Hart winner. He was a Messier winner. Won Lester B. Pearson Awards, Rocket Richards, multiple Art Rosses, also multiple Conn Smythe winners. Of course, 87, everybody knows it. It's going to be Sidney Crosby. Moving on, we have three more to go. Three more and only one player to have been – only one number to be worn by more than one person, mm-hmm. which is this one. Number 92, we had mentioned it before. The option is Rick Tockett or that one stellar playoff season from Thomas Vokun. I'm almost afraid to ask you. Oh, man. It's, I'm honestly torn, if you want to know the truth, just because I know Tockett became or was known as, 20, as a number 22 everywhere else. Yes, but, but Vokun only fun- played one season. Tockett only wore 92 for one season in Pittsburgh. And they were both legendary seasons. They were, but one ended in a meltdown and the other ended in a cup. <laughs> One ended in a meltdown, and it was very, very hard to watch. And you're right, the other one did end in a cup, so I will give the push to Rick Tockett for that reason. Mm-hmm. But, God, any current Penguin fan should know about Thomas Vokun's run in 2013. They should. They really they should. shouldn't. If you don't, go back and watch it, except for the conference finals. Please don't watch those games. Yeah. No, just watch those first two rounds. <laughs> but, no, the last two, 93 and 95, um, only one player wore each of them. Number 93, Peter Nedved. Honestly, Pittsburgh legend. 
even though he only played here for like two and a half seasons, if that. Yeah, he played two years here. He played almost over 150 games, and he scored over a point per game. He scored 170 points. But Pittsburgh legend because of the big overtime goal in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So he will go down in history as the only number 93 as of right now and the best number 93 as of right now. Absolutely. Last one, best one, right? Number 95. And he... (laughs) Honestly, the... Alexei Morozov's career, it's it's interesting because he didn't play here long. Seven he years. Only, yeah, only played in Pittsburgh from ages from the age of twenty to twenty six. And honestly, I I don't know what happened at the end of his career. I mean, I I wish I knew. I wish I knew more about him because he seemed like a player that would be very valuable on other teams. That's a story to look into. But I mean, in his four hundred fifty one career games, two hundred nineteen career points and just stout just a very good right winger that could play anywhere 95 is also the only number he wore in his career yes i mean you talk about how he was pretty good in 2001 and 2002 season he had a 20 goal season so that's pretty especially in the dead puck era that's pretty impressive oh yeah that too so that is all of the best players to wear each number for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We've mentioned 18 numbers never worn. So if somebody picks up one of those, we'll have to add them. 19 yeah. numbers worn by only one player and eight numbers worn by just two players. But yeah. that is it. If you don't agree with our list, please let us know. I'm hoping everybody enjoyed that segment, numbers 36 to 99. And I'm hoping everybody enjoyed the last two weeks as we ran down numbers 1 through 99. Who wore it best? The best Pittsburgh Penguin tore every single jersey number. Next week, we will be back in full force, me and Nick Horwat, for a full episode. We have a lot of stuff to give you guys over the next month leading up to the hopeful return of hockey on July 30th. But... One thing we are looking for is our listeners to participate. If you want to be on an episode of The Tip of the Iceberg and discuss the upcoming Montreal Canadiens versus Pittsburgh Penguins play-in round series, please get in contact with us. You can either visit us at Iceberg Podcast on Twitter, Nick underscore Berlansky on Twitter, at Nick Horwath 41 on Twitter. Just message us, add us, do anything you want. Let us know that you want to be on that listener episode and let us know what you'd like to talk about the Montreal versus Pittsburgh series. So let us know what about that series you'd like to discuss and we'll try to get you on there. We have a couple of people lined up to get on that episode. So it's going to be really fun. It's coming later in July, but that is going to be it for this one for episode 65. Don't forget the Hockey Podcast Network now has 36 unique hockey podcasts that delivers content almost on a daily basis, even in the off-season. So I want you guys to check out all of the shows that we have. We have specialty shows. I know every week we have more and more of our NHL regular shows coming out. So go ahead and give those guys a listen. I believe we were also on the official Caps Chirp podcast this week. So go check that out as we finished up their segments of Hockeyocalypse. Me and Horat were on that episode. Go check that out. But that is all for this one. Like I said earlier, you can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. Also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. So please, I'm asking you, subscribe to us, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts. We love seeing all the feedback that we get from you guys. Lastly, we are always brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit those guys on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Every team, everywhere, we'll see you guys next week.